Hey everyone, welcome to the Lighthouse Podcast, where you can hear our latest teachings and conversations. The longer that I live on Graham and Ann, the worse I am at driving in the city. You should have signs that, you know, you can hang on your vehicle that says, don't shoot me, I'm from Graham and Ann. Right? I mean, a traffic jam on Graham and Ann is when you're trying to get out of home hardware and the Whitehead Ferry just get in. Right? That's, that's, that's the extent of our, of our traffic. And I grew up in the city. Right? I mean, my, I was three years old when my parents moved me to St. John against my will. And I have, I've traveled, you know, I mean, I've, I've driven in Tel Aviv. I've, I've, I've traveled around and uh, I've tr- driven in North America's biggest cities. And we even lived in Indianapolis for a couple of years. And Indianapolis and Whale Cove are very different places. And I should know how to drive in the city, but I'm, I'm losing it. And I'm, I'm becoming less of a city person all the time, and I'm becoming more of a grand bananer all the time. And, and I love that. You know, it's, it's a good thing. Does anybody else um, still wave at oncoming traffic when you get off the ferry? Anybody else do that? Now, if, if you're watching this online or if you're watching this on TV, I need to explain. Here on the island, we wave at pretty much everybody, right? That's a Graham and Ann, Graham and Ann thing. And uh, I catch myself, you know, still doing that, waving at random people who are looking at me weird. Um, sometimes I catch myself waving at oncoming traffic in the dark. <laughs> they can't see me, but I'm, hi. And I love becoming more of a Graham and Anner and less of a city person. And we're in a, a series here in Ephesians, working our way through the book of Ephesians. And in our text today, uh, Paul, who is writing to a mostly Gentile, Gentile means non-Jewish. He's writing to a mostly Gentile audience. And they are living in Gentile communities, in Gentile culture. And in the text that we're going to read today, Paul implores them to be different from the culture around them, to be different from that. Be less like the old you and more like the new you. So it's Ephesians chapter 4. And we're going to begin reading in verse 17, where Paul says, With the Lord's authority, I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. 
They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. We'll just pause there for a moment. Not much has changed, right, since the first century. When this was written, people are still confused, wandering in darkness, far from the life that God gives with no sense of shame. And that's where we used to live. Let's continue reading. Verse 20. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Wow. We've, um, as a family, we've moved so many times that my kids don't know where they're from. When, when someone asks uh, Hope or Autumn where, where they're from, I'm always curious to hear the answer. Mm, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. And we just, as a family, we followed God's call and we, we went where he wanted us to go. And when you move a lot, obviously, you have a lot of former homes, right? And the good thing is, because I used to live in those houses, I can go back to those homes anytime I want and walk right in and take whatever I want. It's great because I used to live there and I'm a former resident and as a former resident, I can come and go whenever, whenever I want. Now, that's crazy. Like, that's a good way to get shot, right? I used to live there. Yes, that's true, but my name is no longer on the deed, right? It's been removed and transferred to 1123 Route 776, Graham and Ann, New Brunswick. And Paul reminds the people of Ephesus of where they used to live. It, it used to be home, but it's not home anymore. You were a resident of that culture, and then something happened. There was a change that took place, and now you're an alien to that, to that culture. It's not, it's not yours anymore because you learned about Jesus and you heard about Jesus and you heard the truth about Jesus and your eyes were opened to the truth about Jesus and as Paul said in verse 18, to the, the life that God gives. It's just a great place to underline in your text. The life that God gives. God gives life. And you, you were in the dark, but now you're not. Now, just before Jesus ascended to heaven, he left the apostles with this, this promise and this commission. It's from Acts chapter 1, verse 8, where Jesus said, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And this group of people, this this, this group that Paul wrote to are in that ends of the earth kind of, kind of group, you know, as far as, as we can go. This is what Paul and the other apostles did. They were so impacted and transformed by the resurrected Jesus that they literally gave their lives to going as far as they could go 
and telling everyone that they could tell about Jesus. And they went to Judea and Samaria. And eventually, they went to places like, like really far off places like Seal Cove and Woodward's Cove and Ingalls Head, telling people the good news about the resurrected Jesus. And we need our, our hearts warmed by that fire again. Remember, this series is, is very intentional. It's preparation for when we go up the road and get in that new building, right? Which is really not that far away. And we, we need our hearts warmed by that fire again. The fire of, of people are living in darkness and we have the light and, and, and we need to go to wherever and, you know, and share the good news about, about Jesus. Uh, we need to get fired up about people learning and hearing and, and being transformed by the truth of Jesus. The lights coming on in their hearts and their minds at, as they see, like verse 18 says, that there is more life available. I love watching God move and stir in people's lives until they see that, that, that the old life is hopeless, that there's new life available in Jesus, there's, that they can have a, a bright hope and a bright future. Um, Paul draws a line to help the, the people who he's writing to, and because Scripture is eternal to help us understand the, the power that is available in the Holy Spirit, Paul draws a line. And on one side of the line is, you once were. Sorry to this side of the church. It's just the way that I preach. And I always go this way with the you once were. And he draws a line. He says, you once were, but you now, you now are. Now you have the Holy Spirit in you, transforming you. And there are specific ways that we are to respond to uh, the Holy Spirit alive in our hearts. We throw off the old, Paul says, and we let the Spirit renew, and we put on the new. We put off the old, we let the Spirit renew, and we put on the new. There's old, renew, and new. Old, renew, and new. Say it with me. Old, renew, and new. It sounds like a commercial for cleaning products. Old, renew, and new. I throw off, I let the Spirit, and I put on. And these are decisions and actions that I make in tandem with the Holy Spirit. It was interesting in prayer time this morning that Pastor John read the, the scripture about being yoked. And it was in my text today, and, and I didn't say anything to him. I just knew, oh, we'll just let that be. We'll just let that come out, that this, this image of us being in tandem or yoked with uh, the Spirit of God, this, this, this cooperation of God coming alongside us and, and doing in us and with us and through us what we could never do for ourselves. These are actions that I make in tandem with the Holy Spirit. I get a discontent with the old me. You need to be fed up with your old self and say, you need to die. Well, I'm just done with you. 
right? The other, other um, way that Scripture puts it is, is nailing it to the cross, the old, the old you. So you get a discontent with those things and your old habits. And the things that you used to do, they just seem pointless and shallow and hollow and ah, right? And your hunger for Jesus increases. And the more that I pray and study and the more that I learn and the more that I just walk with Jesus and live in Jesus, the more that I walk with him, I'm, I'm being renewed all the time in my spirit. I'm being transformed in my mind. And my heart's cry is to literally put on Jesus. He is my new garment. And that this is the awakening that happened to the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15. He's away from the father. And he has this moment where he comes to his senses and he sees his soul for what it was lost. It's like, this is, this is a mess. And I must be reunited with the Father. I was made for more. He, 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 he knows that. He senses that. He awakens to that. And the Father runs to meet him and embraces him and forgives everything and calls for what? He calls for the finest robe. Let, let's robe him. And, and it's this putting on of this new garment that is a symbol of the right relationship with the Father. The old, renew, and new. I remember when um, I got my, when I made junior hockey team for the very first time and I got my jacket. And let me tell you, when you're 17, 18 years old, if you get that jacket and you put that on, you think you're something, right? I mean, it's just Joseph's coat of many colors. And, and, you know, I probably slept with it on. And um, how excited was I to wear that jacket? And it was a big deal. And, and Paul is, obviously, he's speaking with, with metaphors. But there is a, there's, it's not, he's not talking about an actual robe that you that you, that you put on. But the difference between the old you and the new you should be just as evident as if you shed something. You, you, something was that you used to be is now gone, and you're, you're, you've become more than you ever could have been, more than you were, you're brand new. It should be just that, just that evident. Paul is calling them, inviting them, to decide from this day forward, things will be different. It's, it's like a baptism where the old you is, is submerged and immersed and gone and buried and washed. And the new you is, is raised in new life to Jesus. Paul is telling us that there is a mighty power available to change us. Whenever I hear someone say, well, that's just the way I am, I think you got to read your Bible. Like there is, there is change available to empower us to be in the world, but not of the world. And I think if we were honest today, we'd have to say that there are ways that we allow the 
culture around us to uh, make us less like Jesus, whatever illustration you want to use there. I mean, we're kind of, we're kind of in a fish tank, aren't we? And it's hard not to be... Uh, it's hard not to be affected by the culture around us. It's so invasive, and you, you catch yourself thinking things that just aren't right, and you think, why is that in my head? Um, or watching things that you would not watch if your grandmother was sitting beside you. And it's subtle. It's so subtle. And like the children of Israel, we cannot go back to Egypt. There's nothing back there for us right? It's, it's slavery back there. We were, we were made for something more. We were made for something new. Stay focused on the promised land, old, renew, and new. Throw off, let the Spirit, and then put on. Uh, Paul said it this way in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person, old, renew, and new. How? By changing the way that you think. And then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Verse 23. I thought, I'm going to read this without my glasses. And then I looked down like, no, you're not. Oh, look, there it is. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Instead, let the Spirit, let the Spirit. See, we want to be in control of our lives, but we're terrible at it. Right? Nothing good happens when I take over the controls and decisions of my life. And we're control freaks. And we're stubborn says the guy on the stage speaking on behalf of his congregation. I'll just say it for you. Go ahead and raise your hand if you want. We want control, and we're stubborn. We're not much different from a three-year-old who wants what they want, and they want it right now. But I was created for more. I was created to be yoked with the Spirit of God. And you might think that there's more freedom over here on your own, but there's not, actually. It's the, the irony of it is that this over here is, is actually slavery and bondage. Freedom is found in a daily relationship with Jesus. And, and life without Jesus, the prodigal son, is, is bondage, whether we see it or not. And not everyone sees it. Paul said that in, in verse 18, that their, their eyes are closed. They're in, they're in darkness and they don't, they don't see it. Not everyone sees it. There's a small word in verse 23 that has huge 
implications. It's the word let, L-E-T. Let is when I choose to give up control. <laughs> Ouch. Let is when I relinquish my stubbornness, when I abandon my selfishness, when I surrender my will to his. See, let implies a decision, doesn't it? Let implies a decision. This is active on my part. God gives me the opportunity to let, to respond to his leading. Let is opening the door. Let is handing over the keys, agreeing to allow your heart, your life to be synced with God's purposes. You were created for this level of relationship. Isn't it interesting that Paul mentions two areas of our lives, that two specific areas where we need to let the Spirit renew us? It's there in, the, in your text. Let the Spirit renew you, our thoughts and our attitudes. How we think and how we feel. <laughs> and I, I mean, I... I catch myself, I catch myself thinking things that are horrible. And I think, Lord, how deep and dark is the old nature that it, it can still, why am I thinking things I don't want to think? And my attitude stinks. And yours does too. I'm not alone in this. And the text that we read says, let your thoughts and your attitudes be renewed. If I'm not careful, I can carry on conversations in my mind that are not helpful. And they're destructive. And there's no way that I can justify it. And it's not, it's not harmless. It will come out. Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, verse 45, a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. Woo. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. That's Jesus. Luke chapter 6, verse 45, and all God's people said, or ouch. Take off. Let the Spirit put on old, renew, and new. When we translate these ancient texts, uh, Hebrew and Greek, into English, sometimes we lose the nuance and the texture of the original language. Uh, English is flat. It's the best way to say it. It's just flat. And if, if English was written to fully translate like this book would be like 10 volumes long like it it just it doesn't have the nuance so there's an example of that here in our in our text um, verse 24 put on your new nature created to be like god truly righteous and holy and what we don't see when we read it in english is the act of putting on a new nature, and this is even going to sound funny when I say it, 
It's one time and every time. It's one time and it's every time. Well, I'll try to explain. When I, when I first make that, that first step of faith to believe in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, there is a one-time decision that I make in that moment, and the old me is crucified in Christ. It's removed, and I receive the Holy Spirit who instantly begins to work in my life, renewing me, and I put on the new me. It's a gift of salvation. I'm, I'm born again to start a new life in Jesus. It's one time, but then it's also every time. From that point forward, I continue, I, I continue to choose, to let, to choose my, this new nature over the old me. When I see the old me sticking up its head, it's like whack-a-mole. Bam! Get back down in there, you. Bam! Back. Bam! It's like whack-a-mole. Right? When I see it, I, I don't, don't try to justify it or make it, you know, just, just call it what it is. Lord, that, that's sin. That's wrong. That is wrong. Confess it. That belongs in a former residence, and I don't, I don't have the keys to that, that place anymore. I left that place. I don't live there anymore. I can't, I can't go back and just take whatever I want. And keep putting on your new nature. Keep being renewed in your mind, in your heart, in your thoughts, in your attitudes. You were created, Paul says in verse 24, you were created to be like God. Hello, righteous and holy. Um, Isaiah chapter 52, verse 1. Wake up, wake up, O Zion. Clothe yourself. Clothe yourself with strength. Put on your beautiful clothes, O holy city of Jerusalem. A group of Jesus followers in a community. A group of Jesus followers in a community should be noticeably different. Paul writes to the church, this young church, and says, don't be like the culture around you. Stand out. Be different. Uh, be renewed. Be changed. Choosing to live and love the way that we were created to live and love. So where are you? Between old, being renewed, and new, where are you today? How are, how are your thoughts and your attitudes? Anything there that needs to be renewed? Are you continuing on? Are you letting the Holy Spirit have control in your life? Because when we gang, we've, when we get up the road, we need, we need to be the lighthouse. We're not the only one on Graham and Anne. But we need to be a group of people who live the light of Jesus. The light of Jesus shines through us as a church. We need a fresh start in our spiritual lives, ready to love and serve and give and go and be the people that God has called us to be so that many will hear 
so that eyes will be open, hearts will be open, many will hear and see and also choose Jesus and choose to take off the old and be renewed and put on the new. Let's pray together. Lord, again, we thank you for your word today, and I thank you, God, for this great group of, of friends, great group of people. I thank you, Lord, for how you've been leading us in this letter of Paul's written so many years ago, but yet it's, it's alive, and your presence meets us here, and we know, Lord, that you've been speaking to uh, many of us in this room, myself included, and so I just pray that you would help us um, before we leave and as we leave and throughout this week to, to hear your voice and surrender to you anything that is not pleasing, that we may live the lives that we were called to live. Help us to be the church that you're calling us to be, that we might see you glorified on Graham and Ann and beyond. We pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening and joining us today. If you'd like to know more about the Lighthouse Church, you can find us on Facebook at Lighthouse Graham and Ann or on Instagram at The Lighthouse GM. We'd love to chat with you more. Maybe something jumped out at you or grabbed your attention while you were listening today. We would love to talk with you and discuss some of the deeper questions of life together. God loves you. We love you. And we're in this together.